0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 48 of The Third Wheel. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Conway. And I'm one of your hosts, Hamish. And today from Galway in Ireland, have I pronounced that right? Yeah, Galway, perfect. Galway. Uh, we're joined by a friend of mine, Jack Collins. How are you doing, Jack? Um, Would you like to introduce yourself a bit?
1: Great, yeah. I think you've said it all, Aaron. My name is Jack I live in Galway in Ireland. <laughs> 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 yeah, we met each other in the... Silicon Valley internship program, which I know is featured on this podcast a few times now. Who have you had? Maria, Deja, Johnny, and yourself, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah.
0: So just Ellie and Abby now yeah. to go.
1: So, wow, two left. Yes. So that was the, the internship program that brought us both to San Francisco last year. Um, Jack, did
2: you choose not to stay or did you move away for lockdown?
1: So I, I tried to get a visa. It didn't work mm-hmm. out. It's a random lottery process. Uh, so I came. Back to Ireland, and I've been in Ireland working remote for the last year, but I got the visa this year. So, uh, heading back in October, maybe, or January. Jeez, congrats. Thanks.
0: Why don't you know if it's like October or January?
1: So, Trump has signed a piece of paper to say nobody's allowed in on a visa until January. Ah, So, (laughs) yeah.
0: (laughs) yeah, that's annoying. The visa process was actually something I wanted to talk about. I didn't really go through any of it. The visa we went on. That was the uh, oh my god I can't even remember it was it J one yeah and that's for sorry what J one as in how are you saying that not the rapper okay crime artist the uh, as in the letter J and then one okay okay that's for like internships right
2: for
1: like uh, and trainees yeah like exchange programs so yeah. I think the whole idea of the J is that you uh, you kind of come over you get like the U S experience you eat a hot dog and you go to a baseball game. And you bring a bit of your country with you. So you tell people about Ireland or the UK or wherever you're from. And then afterwards, you go home and you kind of do the reverse of that. You bring back the kind of uh, talking about the US and the Americans are left then with uh, knowing a bit more about your country.
0: And then that expired and you were applying for a H-1B. Is that right? Yeah. And that's the lottery one.
1: Yeah, exactly. So H-1B is like a proper working visa. So yeah, the, the process is like random lottery first, because usually they have too many people. They have like three or four times, I think, as many people applying as there are visas. And so, yeah, just random lottery first based on nothing except for your name. And then you, know, you have to do out a whole lot of paperwork about uh, why they should give you the job and how much money they should pay you and why that's, that's more than an American would make in the same role, because they have to prove that they really do need to bring in someone from outside and all of this kind of stuff.
0: Well, do you know what the odds are in the lottery?
1: I think around 40%, but I've heard 20% as well. So somewhere in that range. This year, they even had like an extra batch. I think so many people didn't take up the option of the visa because of COVID that they've opened it again for like a week. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: So is 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 H1B the visa, say if someone from, say if Hamish wanted to go work in America, is H1B the visa you'd try to go for then?
1: It depends on the company. So there's a whole bunch. There's like, I don't know, 20 different visas. So hmm. you can get one if you like work in the London office. Uh You can get a visa to kind of exchange within the company to the the San Francisco or New York office. And then you've kind of it, visas if you've like won a Nobel Prize or something. You can just get a visa because of that.
0: Hamish, you can go for that one. You can just show in the podcast and say that this is a I don't know a TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> Did on, I don't know, any of the subjects
1: we've talked about.
2: Well, imagine third, we all got like a some sort of like basically worldwide visa so we could just go to any country to record any episode with anyone. Well, that's not happening.
1: Yeah, just incorporate <laughs> in the US.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, six. So now you have got accepted and you're heading back in October, January. Looking forward to it?
1: Yeah, looking forward to it. As long as it's all <laughs> the whole place is still holding together over there. I know there's been a lot going on in the last few yeah, months. Yeah, yeah. And the virus is kind of out of control. So let's see what it looks like.
0: Yeah. Did you ever think like, I know America's in a bit of a state at the moment. Did you ever think like, maybe I shouldn't go back? Or has it always been like, if the chance happened?
1: Yeah, it, that's why I was actually a little bit happy that it was like, that Trump signed this thing and that it was delayed until January because it gives you like, gives me that mm. bit of more time to, to see how things play out. I'll make I'll make the decision when the visa is in paper in my passport and I like need to decide when to book a flight.
0: Do you know how, like, San Francisco is doing with it all in a way? I feel like it's one of the better places, but...
2: So based on, like, I guess one of the vendors for work I work with, they're saying that in San Francisco is actually a lot more tame than it is at a lot of other places. So they're not having, like, as much cases because people are more... He said people are more educated, I think, is <laughs> the, <it's> the term <laughs> I would use.
0: I think that's fair enough.
1: Yeah, I know San Francisco is one of the first places to go into lockdown. Um, yeah. And they kind of went hard. They were just like, everybody work from home tomorrow <laughs> and stay at home. Don't go out for anything. But then the rest of the US just <laughs> didn't have such a, a severe response to it and then started getting infected. And so then, of course, they're all connected. Everyone's traveling. So it's going to creep in.
0: it would be quite interesting because I think I've heard a lot of, I don't know what company it was, whether it was Facebook or Google or someone, but they've decided to like work from home. Like until well into next year or something, I think.
1: Yeah, they're all doing it. Like, uh, I think it's Facebook, Google, Pinterest, Twitter, I think. So I think the reason mainly is so that everybody has a year. Because if it's constantly like, oh, we might be back in two or three months, then no one can like rent a house somewhere else or like take a proper amount of time outside of yeah. San Francisco. They're just giving people that opportunity by saying it's a year, or a year and a half, or whatever.
2: Yeah, that's actually good because. I guess people I work with, so some of my friends, they're having the issue, like, do they continue to pay rent or like, do they just let the contract end and then, yeah, basically recently decided, yes, yeah, it's just not worth it right now because you could come in office three days a week if we absolutely needed to afterwards. But so, yeah, it doesn't really matter. So a few of them have canceled their contracts to live in London Um just because, yeah, what's the mm-hmm. point really? It's just expensive for no reason. I guess for them, they'll save a lot more money as well. So yeah, I guess it's really nice that they let you know that more in advance, one year. That's actually quite nice.
1: But no one knows like what way the virus is going to go. So I think it's just kind of, it's the fairest thing to do, to put a time box on it.
0: Yeah, San Francisco, I guess, price-wise, it probably isn't ideal. You'd be going over there Yeah, (laughs) um, and then potentially just working from home.
1: You get a nice big house somewhere else for the same as your rent in San Francisco.
0: Yeah. Working from home. So you said you came back you didn't stay at San Francisco, you came back home, which is in Ireland. And then where you work for the same company?
1: Doing some work for the same company. I set myself up as a consultant here in Ireland. So just, yeah, working fully remote. <laughs> it's been a bit of, I don't know, up and down. Like when I first started, because I was talking to these guys in the US, things were kind of like I had in my head that I would work nine till five for some reason. I don't know why I was so naive, but like California starts work at like 5 p.m. our time because it's 9 a.m. over there and so I would get messages oh Jack great work today but can you just do this one more thing can you look into this oh did you get this number did you like (laughs) do this what if you do this and so it would just get dragged on into the evening so just like add another hour two hours three hours and so then the next day I'd wake up later as a result and so the whole thing is shifted so now I work like 12 noon until 8 to 9 p.m. <laughs> uh, so I have like mornings completely free and I work the rest of the day, which is a nice. I, I actually really like it.
0: I uh, see. I I had that problem. So the startup I worked for in San Francisco, I would have mentioned to you that like, I did some like remote work for them before I came over. And I I was kind of the same thing. I'll do nine to five. And then it was like, yeah, just a bit awkward. So I was like, okay, I'll shift it to 12 to Whatever time eight or something, it was good at first, and then I just found that like if I ever wanted to go out on a weekday, by the time I finished work, it was already pretty late, and I was just tired, and I just couldn't be bothered. So it kind of ruined like social aspect.
1: Yeah, well, that's where quarantine has stepped in to save me. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I was like yeah. what six months into working remote, and it was starting to get a bit like that, and then just quarantine came, shut down all the bars, all the nightclubs. Now I have an excuse.
0: <laughs> yeah. have have you just found like not necessarily just even the shifting hours but just working remotely in general
1: i quite like it i actually like having kind of a time where people are asleep and they can't interrupt me they can't like send me messages even there's no like meetings that are just like bang in the middle of a nice clear space so yeah i've really enjoyed that side of things the working remote itself it's nice not to have a commute nice Hmm. to just get up but you have to kind of. I think set a routine for yourself. I I imagine it's very easy to like slip into just like rolling out of bed and sitting down to do some work before you do anything else. But I've been good about like making sure that I have like, I get up, I have my shower, I have my breakfast. I do an hour of coding with all my siblings. That's what we've been doing for quarantine. (laughs) Yeah, every day since March. (laughs) That's pretty cool. And so I have that like structure, I have my lunch, and then I start work.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, I need to. I don't know. I was on the call with my CTO. I I was saying to him, like, like, if you think about it, you've been in quarantine or like lockdown, in quotation marks, for like six months or something. That's mad. That's like half the year. Yeah. But it doesn't, I don't know. To me, it hasn't felt like half the year. It's felt quicker, I think. Yeah. I don't know why. It's
1: felt very quick. Like, my birthday was in March, pretty much when Ireland decided to go into lockdown was my birthday. And I don't feel like I'm now 24 and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we just don't count those Where did that come out of? (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of remote working was something probably I was just kind of like, yeah, fine, just calm, just deal with it. Um, and it's only like the last month or so I've been like, oh yeah, okay, I'm a bit bored of this now. I want to want like the office environment and to actually go in and work. I just think i will be more productive.
1: I like having people to chat to as well. Like it's very nice when yeah you don't understand something or when you know that that guy over there has the answer to just go over and ask
0: <laughs> yeah of to, to be fair I, I i've worked in a couple of places where even if when you're in the office they'll still message you on slack rather than uh like just turning and i've never worked at somewhere big it's always been we're all in the same room and they'd still just message on slack maybe because they think like i'm like really hard at work or really concentrating so they'll do something on slack to like bother me yeah. less but then know. the
1: little slack thing comes up and you're distracted anyway yeah but.
0: and then normally i'll just turn around and like reply to them <laughs> I don't reply to the Slack. Like,
2: so I don't see the point of that. I was thinking like so there's a bit of aspect, I guess, in our team that we do miss sometimes the office. So sometimes we do create like an office session the entire afternoon for everyone to get things going, especially when we need to work all together. Whether that works out well or not is a different story. But yeah, I can see it like in our team, we definitely miss a bit of the office environment. But for like, I guess a few of us, it's basically allowed us to do so much more work with minimal disturbances because we don't have to reply on for example I guess your equivalent of Slack so yeah that's like so nice And I guess when when you're working from home like you don't have to reply to people and they can go complain to our manager if they want (laughs) he doesn't have to (laughs) reply to people as well what do
0: you mean you don't have to reply to people basically
2: like like, typical kind of like end user support thing right like if you need help yeah you should probably google it or you should check out documentation People just decide to come to us directly a lot of the time when they don't need, it's not in the platform issue. So I'm just like, look, yeah, I'm not like the first level of support. Yeah. You could go bother someone else. If the platform was down, believe me, I'm probably already working on it. So you don't need to tell me. (laughs) But yeah, so it's one of those things where like people just can't force you to like do their thing for them, if that makes sense, or assist them right away, because you kind of have that power once you're working remotely. Have you preferred it, Hamish? Yeah, I I think I, apart from, I don't, I can't have the correct posture because of myself. So it leads to like um, neck pain and so on. But I think I prefer working from home. I think my team already knew that because I hated the commute. So yeah, so my team already knew that. And yeah, I think like I I can tell that my manager probably doesn't like it as much, but I think he's rec- recently grown to appreciate that like, we can try and get as many things done as possible. And it's a lot more easier on at least two of us on the team. So yeah, I think I don't know. I think it, working from home is a good thing, but maybe I'd like one day a week in the office. Maybe, maybe that at most. But once again, I'm I'm probably not willing to do the commute, so I would happily do five days a week remote.
0: I think the commute and it's been a massive money saver. I don't know about either of you, but it's helped just saving yeah. money from commute and just like eating out at lunch or eating out after work or drinks and stuff like that. It's yeah, it's been my most uh money saving period of my life probably
2: yeah because you don't buy the snacks as well like i used to buy like those you know like those healthy like those those bars those like breakfast bars or I'd, I'd buy them just to like you know fill me up to like lunchtime or something and that was like two pound a week and i was like you know what yeah I, I can live with not having to pay any of that and just be chilling at home not having to do this because if you're also outside you're tempted to like maybe buy a milkshake or something randomly you know if you see something <laughs> like chocolate or something there's that temptation but if you're not outside what are you gonna do You just have to be at home, right? Like you have nothing else to do. You can maybe snack on stuff that's at home, but you're not going to just randomly go out your way to buy something because you're not carrying around a spare snack.
0: Are any of your like respective companies planning on like keeping it around? Like if you haven't found a problem with it necessarily, it's, it's just more like a nice thing to be in person and work in the office. Yeah. But like the amount of money you're paying for like, maybe like office space in London or wherever San Francisco. I can see a lot of companies maybe being like, you know what, we don't have to spend that money and people can just work from home.
1: Yeah, I don't know what the kind of thoughts are where I'm working. But like my own opinion is that there's definitely work that's like better suited to being done either in the office or at home. Like when you're first starting a project, you need to have other people kind of face to face because you all have different ideas of what you're working on and you need to try and kind of like align these things better together. And I think once you've kind of been working on something for a while, at least like in a technical kind of talking about technical jobs like we do, like once you've been working on something for a while, everyone kind of knows like what it's supposed to be, where it's going. And so all the communication is over smaller things.
2: Yeah. I think for us, it's basically like those who need to be in office, like absolutely need to be, you know, doing the in-person jobs. Like it's not for like, I guess people like me, but like I guess the day traders and so on, they're prioritizing them to get them back in office. But frankly, I know I think you're right about like when you're when you're kickstarting something like you do want to be in person and so sort of all the bugs be right next to each other, which I can probably agree with as well. And I think it also helps when troubleshooting when there's like a wider issue. Like if you're all in person, like the, the main people that can fix it, then everything can be done a lot more faster and a lot more easily. You don't have to worry about someone dropping off it like you do internet connection midway through whilst you're yeah, about to like okay. reset everything.
1: So and there's no like hidden communication. Like I can't talk to you without someone beside us hearing leaves them the opportunity to jump in and say, no, you're wrong. And that, or yeah. oh, what about this? Have you thought about this? Whatever. Oh yeah.
2: It has led to a lot more miscommunication because if someone doesn't understand on the call and doesn't ask. And then afterwards they went and implemented something a bit more like sideways. Then it basically comes back to bias, and then we have limited time to repair it or turn it back on track. So yeah, I do see that the miscommunication has increased since we've at least started i guess it has its like pros and cons right but like me personally like i think working from home is just way better i do understand we need certain points where we need to be in person but i guess uh, i don't know i have no intention of at least this year being in office (laughs) that's my like my stance on it
0: i I think the main thing is just like flexibility i think a lot of companies and startups now are probably just be a lot more flexible with people just wanting to work from home if someone works wants to work from home then for like a few days a week fine I don't know how best it is to, like, track, because people... I guess with something like that, it's pretty easy for people to just, like, slack off and not work as much.
1: Yeah, I think that's an interesting question as well, though, because you're you're not paying someone to work X amount of hours. You're paying them to Mm. do the job, so... If your manager has a ticket that says implement this feature, make a button that when they click it, it does X. Then as long as you make that button, whether it takes you a day or a week, shouldn't really matter.
2: Uh, It could also show that you're busy with like like a bunch of other work, which is I guess where we struggle in our team to like kind of assign those points, those story points.
0: I think in tech as well, it's quite hard to always estimate like a bug. You might not necessarily what the bug is at first, so that could take ages to find out what the problem is in the first place. So you talked about like working from home and everything, but we haven't actually talked about kind of your role itself. so yours is quite different to mine. I went to San Francisco as more of like a front end web developer, and you are more in like machine learning what would you say is like your role?
1: kind of depends who's asking, but on LinkedIn, I think I have n l p engineer where n l p is natural language processing so like to to kind of zoom in, I say like if my grandmother asks, I say I work on computers if like friends are asking <laughs> I say I like I do machine learning. So they yeah. can go and Google that if they need to. And then if like uh, someone who's a bit more familiar with it asks, I say I do natural language processing, which is essentially just trying to understand what people have written down or said or spoken.
0: A lot of people listening are probably not exactly computer science savvy or tech savvy. So like analyzing what you write, well like what are the benefits of that?
1: Yeah. So it appears in a lot of places that you've probably used already. So one example would be Google Translate, where you type in something in English and it spits it out in French. another example is when you give voice commands to something like Alexa or Siri or one of those. And the speech to text is machine learning, but that's kind of the first step. What it does then is it looks at the text and it figures out what actually you're asking. So like, if you ask, what age is Obama? It realizes that you're asking age and obama are the kind of ideas that one's relating to the other and then it can uh, map that on how to ask for that answer from a database so that would be natural language processing
0: was that something at like university you were kind of like okay yeah this is really interesting this is something i want to go into or was was it just more like machine learning in general and then that was kind of what the role you were kind of put into
1: yeah it was the second one of those like i didn't even do a natural language processing course i don't think there was one available in my masters,
0: there was
2: one for us. I didn't do it, but hey you did. So yeah, I did do it. I think that was one of my highest scoring modules. <laughs> I was quite a big fan of it. Yeah, I do want to go back into it, but NLP evolves so quickly. It, like it evolves faster than most things under, I guess, what you categorize as machine learning. So it's not easy to just get back into it.
1: Exactly. There is there is one released recently as well, which is super interesting. It's called GPT three, and it comes from OpenAI, which is one of these companies that Elon Musk founded to change the world. And basically it's read like a whole chunk of the internet, gigabytes and gigabytes of text. And all it does is it tries to predict the next word. So you like type something in and it'll try and predict the next word. But with like such a simple idea, it's able to like do this over and over and over and generate like lots of text. So one thing you can do, for example, is if you give it like English descriptions and then JavaScript code you give it a few of these pairs and then you write an English description, it'll write the JavaScript code corresponding to it. So there's a great actually, yeah, little uh, yeah. Twitter video of that where some guy's like, draw me a button that looks like a watermelon and it'll make like a red button with the green on the edge.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think um, one of our previous guests, actually Nish sent me, like tagged me in one of those things on Twitter. And it was like a video, as you said, it was like to design a website and it was like, design me a website that looks like stripe.com or something. And has this title in it and just like, did it. And it was like, okay, wait, what? <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's just been replaced.
1: And the scariest thing is it's not, it, it never like tried to do it. it. It wasn't like trained specifically for that task. All it knows how to do is given some words, guess what the next word is. And it's really, really good at that job.
0: <laughs> oh man. So it's stuff like autocorrect and autocomplete natural yeah. language processing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. A very basic version.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So, um when when did you like I guess get into tech and knew you wanted to do computer science and potentially even machine learning?
1: I guess I was always kind of a nerdy kid. I liked maths and liked engineering and computers and all of these things. For my undergrad then in university, I did physics and then I kind of while I was doing physics came to the realization that I like making things for people and when you try and do that with physics, you like you might do some uh, some experiments now, and in fifty years or a hundred years time, it turns into a laser pointer or like a touch screen or something. So, <laughs> I figured that computer science is probably the better way to go if I wanted like uh, to be able to build something today and see people using it tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I think that was definitely one of the interests I had for computer science. Is like, I guess that instant feedback you like coding something. Can you instantly see what it kind of creates kind of thing? I think I wrote something like that on my personal statement, like something really cringe, like, oh, yes, write lines of code and make something beautiful or something like that. And machine learning. So you did an undergraduate in physics. And then your master's, was that like specifically in machine learning?
1: Yeah. So the master's then, it was a computer science master's, but focused on machine learning.
0: Okay. So did you do much machine learning like during the physics undergraduate?
1: No, none. But I did all the kind of relevant maths. So mm. did all the calculus and linear algebra and all of that stuff.
0: So is machine learning just kind of something like... Because machine learning is quite a buzzword, I guess. Yeah. Machine learning, artificial intelligence. It's uh, especially in the computer science, like area it's kind of something
1: yeah i think i had some knowledge of what it was yeah i'd just seen i don't know some youtube videos or read some stuff online or that kind of way so i had a very basic idea of where it was going it wasn't just a, a buzzword in my head i think we're kind of getting past the buzzword part of it at least i hope we are <laughs> uh, yeah because there was a stage there where lots of companies would kind of write we use ai in their uh, their tagline yeah. when they're doing like personal shopping or something like completely unrelated where they don't need to use it for anything."
0: What's the difference between machine learning and artificial intelligence?
1: Yeah, good question. So artificial intelligence is like the whole field of trying to build intelligent systems. So it includes things like, well, I don't, I don't exactly know, but I imagine it includes things like robotics <laughs> and...
2: A Tesla self-driving car, for example. Like yeah. that's like something that is done the machine learning park. And now it's like a little bit of, I guess, of a... Or oh, of course. Whatever version it is that they're releasing, and then it goes drives on the road by yeah, based exactly. on what it can detect. Yeah.
1: And you have things about like uh, human-computer interaction, and how do you make mm-hmm. humans like kind of emotional towards computers? You don't want them to, like to kick your delivery bot over. You want them to kind of help it along if it gets stuck. So this whole like, there's a lot to it. But machine learning is kind of the the part where the actual learning is happening, and is surrounded by all these other pieces.
0: I remember. I think I went to two machine learning lectures, or three. Dropped it. (laughs) Yeah, I remember there was like a row of, I think Hamish might have been in the row, and it was like me, Prashant, Jitun, I think Carmen, Irish, one of mine might have kept it. But I remember us all just like looking to each other like during the lecture being like, okay, what the fuck is going on here? And we just like dropped it like straight after. I probably regret dropping it, to be fair.
2: I think it's also because you missed one lecture and you fall so far behind by missing one lecture in machine learning. In that module particularly, I was like, oh, fuck my life in third year. I was like, I need to try to get one in my degree. I'm not going to get it if I stick to this module. <laughs> Let's be realistic.
0: So there's actually a famous quote. Actually, I don't know if it's famous, but it's a quote that I found online from Stephen Hawking. And it is... AI will either be the best or worst thing for humanity. Now, obviously, I I, I don't know if it'll be like the best and worst is quite extreme. Like it might be decent or good. Um, But I guess the broader topic is like basically as AI is growing and machine learning and all those tech in general is like kind of being so involved in our lives. Do you see that as like positive thing or negative?
2: I think, personally, it's good for a good bunch of things, right? And it would help in a lot of cases, such as medical needs. But because we're humans and we love being at war, it's going to be misused way more than it's done for good. Um, for example, I don't know if any of you have also seen the TV show called Person of Interest. It's an absolute banging TV show. It's basically based on, I guess, I guess you know, artificial intelligence slash machine learning. And this person kind of develops an AI. He worked for the government at the time, but they kind of killed them off just so they could secretly spy on people and kill people, like basically assassinate them because it could track anyone down anywhere. It could basically manipulate traffic signals and all of this stuff. here. So, so it's definitely a very good watch. It's, one, it's a really high rate show on, I guess, IMDb and so on, if people want to watch it. And even though it has a, quite a few inaccuracies, but like it can be quite realistic as to what was likely to happen if things like that started spiraling out of control and the government wanted it. So yeah, it's worth a watch if you haven't seen it already. Jack, have you, you haven't seen it, I'm guessing?
1: I haven't seen it. I kind of know the premise though. But I don't I don't think we're going to like things move fast, but they don't move that fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I definitely agree with that. So I don't think we're we're suddenly going to some some computer in the basement of Google, there'd be some guy and he hits the switch for the forty fifth <laughs> time and it just happens to work now, and then the lights go off and the world gets taken over. I think it's more that we we have small breakthroughs and it builds up step by step and that even if things start to look dangerous that we build in safety systems um like i don't think there's ever going to be a terminator scenario (laughs) like if you think about the the complexity of an airplane and how much of it is for safety like Mm -hmm. everything is done for safety even when you sit on they tell you how to be safe don't inflate your life jacket in the airplane and so on there's a lot of safety built around it like in, in the machine itself, and then also, like, in how people use the machine. And I think AI is going to go the same way. Like, we're never going to build a Terminator robot that's going to... Well, I hope nobody builds a Terminator robot <laughs> that's going to kill people, but even if they do, there has to be an off switch, so it doesn't kill them.
0: <laughs> do you mean, like, never in our lifetime? Because I feel like eventually, if everything keeps going, like, eventually, it's surely somebody will be like...
2: Basically, I think we're, like, before the end of our lifetimes... I think we're likely to see something quite dangerous come out of things if it's not like governed and controlled properly or the correct measures aren't put in place to stop something from being, whether it's like being something super intrusive into people's lives, whether it's like some sort of targeting system, you know, like I feel like we're not too far off it and it's only a matter of time. And the only thing that will stop it is basically places nuking each other first. <laughs> That's basically one of the few things that is likely to stop it from going at the growth that it's going at. Because I know that there's a lot of, I guess, you know, the big people in the tech world, Elon Musk, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, was the other one, Bill Gates and so on, will have like clashing opinions on it. I think it's probably going to do more bad than good eventually, but depends on the field once again, like for med- for medicine, it could do really good, but for other aspects, it may not be.
1: Yeah, I think what I'm trying to say is that the Terminator artificial intelligence that's like trying to take over the world and destroy yeah. humans, I don't think. That's
2: yeah, yeah, we, yeah, but, yeah. It, but
1: in terms of yeah. humans using things that have used machine learning or artificial intelligence to do bad things, that's a definite possibility yeah. and probable, I'd say. Well,
2: yeah. <laughs> another reference, I guess, for people who wouldn't have seen Terminator is that they were not building an Ultron, like, but they were not expecting like an Ultron to come out of it from Avengers. Neither are we expecting a Jarvis, I guess. Yeah, that's probably the example of people haven't seen Terminator or anything. What do you think is too far? not
0: in terms of like violence and all that forget about like using it for like bad stuff i mean like a self-driving car you can get a self-driving car today so like in basic stuff like that like things would use day to day what do you think is like the line where if we did that that's like that's too far that's we shouldn't have that even though if it might be like useful
1: i think the interesting thing about the self-driving cars is is that they could be provably safer than humans they could be like like only have 10 percent the amount of accidents something like this yeah, but humans don't like to give up control like you will always think like more than half the people think they're above average drivers like you will always think that if you had <laughs> been holding the wheel you would have avoided the accident yeah, you somehow. back yourself whereas the statistics will show you that it's not true the computers do a better job
2: yeah backing up a jack's point like if it was basically only self-driving cars on the road and no one running onto the road and doing anything irrational then the self-driving cars would be like perfect but as jack just said like i I'm pretty sure, like, we, I guess we read up on the same sources and we, and so on. But, like, yeah, I agree with them fully that as long as it's a human driver on the roads, and someone that does something, like, completely irrational, by irrational, I mean, that doesn't, like, make sense or could be unsafe, like, just runs onto the road, crosses whilst there's cars on, the self-driving cars on the road. There's always going to be issues, but people will always blame the self-driving cars instead of the human error. There is obviously going to be human error with the, I guess, the creation of the self-driving cars, but more than likely the self-driving cars are better for all of us than any of us at the wheel. Yeah. And also one thing to note is that they can obviously be connected in one big network, so they can all be in synchronization and not cause like a chain of accidents at the same time as well. Well, for the most part, if it all goes well, because if they're all on the same network and they're like, oh yeah, the car in front has an accident down there, so we should all slow down in sync. Like you're less likely to have a chain of, you know, like on the motorway, when you see like a chain of accidents have happened. Like the chain of like vehicles have just clashed into each other because they can't stop fast enough. That's less likely to happen. Well, I'm saying less likely, not impossible <laughs> to happen, just because all of them will already be in sync to some aspect if we had that idealistic world. What's
0: the current state of self driving cars? Like, I know it's out there, but are they all at the moment like just kind of semi control and you still?
2: You're meant to still have your hand right next to the thing in case, like, in case I guess the video. So you see how it uses cameras to navigate in front of it. If for some reason it couldn't detect like a turn or something, you need to be ready to action it right now. But I know Dubai, I think by 2024, maybe they were planning to have just self-driving cars. Um, I don't remember if it was 2024 or a later year, but they're planning to just have no drivers, essentially. That seems a bit soon. Yeah, I don't know if 2024 is realistic given. I don't know if that's the correct year anymore, to be honest. I'm a bit... I haven't checked my sources anymore. But... Yeah, COVID now, it's probably pushed. <laughs> but either if you trust a self-driving car if there are no human drivers then yes
1: i think i would trust it anyway i think it, it like it will be built with that in mind and it's definitely got faster reflexes than me
0: i don't know how many people though would keep their hands on the wheel at all times
2: you don't it's not hands on the wheel you have to keep it ready pretty close to it it's like netflix or it's making sure that you're not sleeping or something and you need to be ready to react so like if you get a okay. tesla and you're on the motorway you can leave it on i think cruise control And it will say just keep your hands close by just in case. And I think there's been some studies that show certain cases of failures because it can't detect, due to, I guess, whatever the environment is, couldn't see the turn and it just went into the side. But I'm sure that will be improved over time. But if, as I said, if it was all on a single network or a bunch of networks, keeping everything in sync, I don't see an issue with there just being self driving cars, to be
1: honest. Yeah. But like we're talking about the, The one or two times, or I don't know how many times, but it's on the order of dozens where cars have missed the turns or they've like mistaken another car for the sky or something and crashed into it. But like how many times have humans done those things? (laughs) We don't know. It's not it's not measured or at least it's not uh, popularized as much.
2: Yeah, it's like taking the bad thing out of the one thing that is scaring humans because they don't know much about it. So I guess it, it instills this fear in them that, oh shit, this thing could, Well, for like an Uber driver, it could take away the job, right? So yeah. they're like, oh, that happened one bad thing out of like 1,000. We're going to just dig on it. Even if there's like 999 cases where it could have saved someone else's life. It's always exactly. going to be that one thing
1: that's put in the spotlight. Like even if like uh, Tesla's art Ten times safer than humans. If they get a hundred times the press coverage, then we yeah. hear about their accidents ten times as much. So it's, yeah, you need to make it way, way, way safer in order to counteract that effect.
0: Uh, is it only Teslas that are self-driving, or is there other cars as
1: well? I think there's a few that can do like staying in the lane um, and like auto braking when there's a car in front and that kind of stuff. Yeah, but even Teslas aren't full self-driving yet. They they can do the staying in lane lines. Mm-hmm. They can change lanes by themselves. Yeah. I think they can like exit the highway the right place and they can navigate a parking lot so they've got kind of a lot of ground covered but uh i don't think like they'd be able to drive down irish roads
2: (laughs) (laughs) are irish roads particularly bad for self-driving
1: we have a lot of like back roads that don't have any lines that are kind of like a car width or maybe a car and a half wide Mm -hmm. and so they've got like little pull-in spots so you have to kind of constantly be watching for other people and pulling in first or waiting for them to pull in, this kind of stuff. It's a lot of teamwork.
0: Problem with that as well is like, there are people that just like driving. Yeah. So I guess they would be very much against it. Like, I don't know if it would ever be, like in Dubai, for instance, they're planning on having, you said, planning on having all self driving cars. What if you just want to drive? Like, because you just like driving.
2: I mean, in Dubai, they're probably rich enough to make that exception (laughs) anyways. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: They just paid the ticket. (laughs) So then
0: something like that, self-driving cars, is there anything that you can think of that's like, okay, yeah, that's just a step too far.
1: There's some stuff that kind of is a little bit, makes you feel a little bit iffy, like putting cameras in shops to track the demographics of who is coming in. So if you have a clothing store and Mm. you want to know like, oh, how many men versus women and what ages are they and this kind of stuff. And so as you walk in, the camera will look at your face and it'll determine all of those features. That one's a little bit weird, but you can imagine that you could have a human do the same job, where they're sitting behind a desk and they've got like a yeah, spreadsheet and they're doing a tally or something.
0: And isn't that just like Google Analytics or something? If you go to a website and they see if you're yeah, check if yeah, you male exactly. or female, or whether
2: I think like there's still a cases where it's too far, like because our phones pretty much always listening to us, so like all of our ads are always catered to us, no matter how much we try to minimize it. So like if we're talking about, I don't know. If we start talking about a particular product within a short while, like within the next few days, you'll definitely see an ad on Instagram, Facebook, and so on. And there's nothing you can do about it. And that's a, that's already deck like too far for me because I don't want to know my phone's listening to everything I say. Like imagine someone else is just talking about a product next to me, and then I have to just see the adverts for it for the next three days. Not a big fan of that personally.
0: One of the main arguments against AI is kind of like the oh, it's going to replace all our jobs like a proper like i know brexit mentality what's your take on that
1: the classic examples are when people bring this up one of the kind of obvious arguments back is saying oh well did the car like take all the job or did the tractor take all the jobs off farmers it's like not entirely but like Mm. we have way less farmers now people are doing other things but i think the difference with ai is maybe that it moves a lot faster or tech in general Cause you, it, it, it copies so well. Like you're able to send a file to someone else and you still have it. It's not like a, a pair of trousers. If I give you a pair of trousers, now I don't have that pair of trousers anymore. Mm-hmm. Whereas with anything digital, you can copy it and you can spread it and it just goes. So it'll be interesting to see. Like that's kind of a, an hour lifetime and our children's lifetime problem. I think is trying to figure out what to do with all these people that now aren't driving trucks because of self driving or they aren't like. Reading all these documents because we have natural language processing and all
2: of that. I think that we also, I don't think they can replace jobs that require emotion unless they somehow learn to interpret emotion really well. Because sadly, I guess like machines can never, whenever emotion is needed, machines won't be there. Machines require like things to be rational or logical. So they need like this, 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 or options, like a standard set of options that will take place based on events. So if there's something based on emotion, it doesn't necessarily suit the machine. So I guess like jobs such as, maybe in future they probably could, but jobs such as, what are the jobs where you, like like therapists, I don't think they can replace like therapists and so on just because you still need human emotion.
0: Yeah, I think it's just like thinking outside the box. I guess when with the machine stuff, you're probably programmed to set responses at certain Although I guess like part of it, like machine learning is kind of adapting and changing it and like predicting as well. Like the kind of thing you said with that text where make me a button with a watermelon, make me a website that looks like this or whatever.
1: But that's all still using data that we've made. So Hmm. either you're kind of first degree writing the program and saying, if this happens, then do this. If this is the case, then do Hmm. this. And with machine learning, you're kind of second degree writing it where you say, Here's the, the scans or the x-rays and here are the labels. Person has a broken bone or not. And um, you give it the data and it learns. So you're kind of second degree generating that software, but it's still using the humans labeling of that data. Yeah. There's only a few cases, things like, uh, where Google learned how to play Go, where they made that, uh, alpha zero, alpha go bot. Yeah. And what that did, their their later version of that, it just played itself. It didn't know how to play at the start. It played against itself and it just got better and better and better and eventually could beat everybody. So in that case, it didn't need any human input, any human advice. So that's a really interesting piece. But again, I don't think it could do the emotion. It doesn't care about the emotion unless you've somehow like put that into strict rules like a board game or like some other kind of game.
0: One one interesting thing a previous guest of ours brought up, I don't know if you remember Hamish, but Bianca was a guest who she did like a law degree and then one of her like specialties she specialised in was the AI side of it. And it was like one question that she mentioned and it was like, if you made an AI, which then created something, do you own the rights to that work or does the AI own the rights to that work? Like I'd be fuming if I didn't own the rights to that work.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you like do you create your children? So then do you own the rights to whatever they do? Cause oh, kind of oh, technically like, um, I don't know, this is a kind of maybe a controversial opinion I have, but like you you kind of build a child, like a, a woman, like in the same way that you could build something with your hands, a woman builds a child in her womb. <laughs> yeah. So like I'm coding on a computer. I create an AI. Is that the same thing ish?
2: This is like the now, obviously Spears. not on
1: like the, the, yeah, the yeah the human like it's not a human level, but it is like a, a creation of some sort.
2: What do you think about Britney Spears' dad um, having control over <laughs> her, <laughs> <laughs> her <laughs> finances and that yeah, really that,
1: That's what I was trying to get to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't really know about that.
0: Uh, oh God, I'm stumped with that. I guess I guess the AI does control have the rights to it. Yeah, especially if it gets so advanced and you build, like, a robot that can, like, kind of think for itself, then it is the robot's right.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of at, level, at what level of thinking for itself should it matter? Like, you can write a program that when you type hello, says hello back. Yeah. And then you can, like, that's the kind of first step of it being human-ish. And then you can go further and further to this program where you can ask it questions and it'll give you back. Answers and talk about its feelings and so on, but it's like learned that from data. It's not really feeling those things. It just knows that when you ask how are you doing, you usually reply, "I'm doing fine."
0: I guess our our role on the podcast could be replaced by a a voice like an Alexa <laughs> or a Google or something. Could probably replace a podcast host. It'd be a bit shit. Like especially at the moment. Like especially if it doesn't understand people like exactly like talking quickly. Like there's still I speak to my Google every now and then. And it'll be like, sorry, I did not understand that or something. So That's because you don't know how to speak. Coming from you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've got a a little like computer science tech pop quiz. I thought I'd uh, put both of you in. So got 10 questions here. And I think both of you you come up with a buzzer. And it'll just be like first person to buzz in can answer.
2: Mine's just going to be buzz for ease. I'll go beep.
0: Okay, first question. Created in 1990, what was the name of the first search engine? Buzz, Yahoo. No. Jack? Netscape. No. So the answer was Archie. Archie. (laughs) I'd I'd, I'd, I'd never heard of that before, I'm not going to lie. I I probably, I guess like Arx Jeeves or something. Just cause... I, that was
2: the I couldn't think of the name of that I I just remember the man you know that man in that logo I could think of that but I couldn't think of what that name was
1: yeah I would have gone for Yahoo as well I just know it was around I think here. Yahoo's
2: like after that after is Yahoo
0: that old
1: I thought so
2: Yahoo's old is just not as popular okay
0: question number two as of today how many characters can a tweet be
1: Beep, two hundred eighty yeah Jack got there fuck yeah he did he did
0: three. What year was the programming language Python first released?
2: Buzz, 1998. No. Fuck. Jack? I, I must have been one year
1: old. 1985. No. Can we
0: go, can we go again? Yeah, I'll give the I'll give next one whoever's closest for the next one. Buzz,
1: 1989.
0: Nineteen eighty-two. Jack wins his off by one year. It was 1991.
2: What 1991 or yeah. 1981? 91. Yeah, Jack, did you say 1982?
0: They no, 92. 92. Okay, okay, fair. But you were pretty close, Amish, to be fair, as well. Okay, number four. What is the binary number for 2 plus 2 minus
2: 1? Buzz 1 1. Yeah, 1 1.
1: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you worked that out after you buzzed.
2: No, I, I doubted myself. I was gonna say one one, then I doubted myself, so I, I took a one second pause because I didn't <laughs> want to say it and then look like a mug.
0: Question number five: What is one kilobyte in bytes? Buzz one zero two four. Yeah, one zero two four.
1: I don't know. I think it could be either. It depends
2: on interpretation. One, either yeah, a
1: thousand, thousand.
2: or a thousand and twenty four. Okay, oh, but usually, usually it's um the multiple of eight. So 1,000 is a bit rough.
1: Well, it's, it's an SI unit, so it should be 1,000.
2: He's over 1,000. So i trying to get a idea. Yeah, yeah for the sake the, the, uh, yeah, <laughs> the, the, the video page.
1: I was looking at this recently.
2: <laughs> oh wait, no.
0: for, the, for the sake of keeping it even, I'll give it to Hamish. So you both draw it at two right, I don't want
2: to say this point, man. You know that was the point. No, no. What does it say on your answer? What does it say? It says one thousand twenty. I mean, I've,
0: I've got 1,024 written down. It's my answer. Question number six. Okay, what, what kind of errors can be pointed out by a compiler?
2: Buzz syntax.
0: Yep. In what year was the iPod released? Beep, 2011? No. Buzz, I, I'm going to say 2008. No, I'll give you another chance to go closer. Remember, it's the iPod. Beep, 1998.
1: Buzz, 1996.
0: Jack gets a point. is two thousand
1: and one. I was gonna say two thousand and one, and then I was like, I think I thought of iPhone or something. I was like, no, that's
2: yeah. Cool. What are the other products that were like iPods? Are there like other iPod products, like you know, music players? Remember, it used to be chunky back in the day. Yeah, like like an, do you mean like
0: the Walkman, Hamish, or like no, CD no, no, plan? like
2: it was an iPod product. That's what I'm thinking. Like, iPod, iPod
0: Touch, iPod Nano, that stuff.
2: Yeah, I guess that's what, that's what I'm thinking.
0: Question number eight. Elon Musk and his partner recently called their child X A twelve whatever. What is the mother's name?
1: Beep Grimes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just put that in because it was gr- like basically Grime Hamish, I thought
1: you were so gonna yeah. add the ask the child's name.
0: No nah, da nah. I I I'd considered it, but then I was like No, it's because Grimes said it one way and Elon Musk said it another way. Mm. So they both have different pronunciations for it, It it's a bit weird. Yeah. But Okay, question number nine. Where does Silicon Valley get its name
2: from?
1: Beep the like semiconductor industry. The fact that they're—I don't know how to say it in one word.
0: <laughs> there, there's like a there's like a an item that I'm kind of looking for.
1: Transistors or semiconductors. Yeah, yeah transistors. Yeah, do with the internal parts of the computer.
0: Yeah, I'll give you that. Okay. Silicon transistors. Okay. Final question. What is the most starred project on GitHub?
1: Be TensorFlow?
0: No. Let me just double check. It's not TensorFlow. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's not TensorFlow. I, I know it has a lot of stars. But, uh, it has a lot
2: of stars, but it's not TensorFlow. I don't know no. if it's I, I, I don't no, know. I'm it's not. Gonna, I've already lost. I know. So I'll just hand it to you. Bro. The guest always wins. Fuck's sake. The answer
0: is free code camp.
2: Um, interesting
0: what is that What is speaking it's it's like a site where you learner uh, learn to code and basic programming language stuff, okay, yeah, so the answer to that was free code camp with that is three hundred and thirteen thousand or stars. It used to be bootstrap, but that's changed, I guess, okay, so the winner, as always guest always wins winner was Jack with a score of five to three.
1: What's the prize?
0: Uh shout out. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, to ra- round up the year, uh, like machine learning and AI stuff. I don't know if we really had an answer to that debate. It was more just like I think we we all think it's kinda good. It's not I don't think I wouldn't say it's bad. I'd I'd definitely be leaning more on the good side. It can definitely be used for bad stuff, but I think overall it's good
1: kind of like have you ever seen that meme on uh youtube or say i don't know I, I remember seeing it when i was in secondary school where there's a guy and he has a song and he's talking about how guns don't kill people the lines like guns don't kill people i kill people with guns and i think that's the the moral of the story here
2: <laughs> yeah yeah What? Well, what? Well, hamish you're a bit silent are you more
0: no, bad yeah, side? I'm just
1: like
2: no it's just like it's the thing, like, it's just human nature and it's, it's inevitably going to lead to wrongdoing. So, yeah, there's nothing we can do about that. So, you know when um, who someone said in the previous episode, I think it was Dill, who would just change human nature. <laughs> this is one of the cases where it will change human nature so it could only be used for good. But, yeah, it's one of those things. Like, There's some stuff I'm looking forward to, some stuff which I wouldn't ideally want in the world. But, obviously, that's only according to me.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely don't think it's... Going to disagree with Stephen Hawking and be like, I don't think it's actually. Eventually, it could be like considered the best of the worst, but right now, I don't think it's either. Or we're not that advanced with it. I don't think in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, moving on. Anyway, there was a in the topics we planned. There was you mentioned you've been looking into TikTok a bit recently.
1: Been doing a lot of reading about TikTok. Yeah. Is
0: that because of the like latest, I guess, Trump stuff with it?
1: Well little bit about that but actually more on the machine learning side still <laughs> okay. just the way that it, it's so different to instagram like i i said that to my little brother and sister like there's no difference really it's just like like a story and a tiktok or both videos and you have your your instagram discover page or whatever and you can see all your things there but it is different in the way that it's like it surfaces everything to you you don't have to do any searching at all and it's not, like, about who your friends are. It's, it knows what you want. And TikTok actually record, like, everything. They record which videos you stop watching, how long you're watching videos for, which ones you like, which ones you, like, flick through or flick back to, all of this stuff. And because of that, they're able to, like, completely know what you like, uh, like, it was, like super, super accurately, without you even having an account and without you ever having to, like, even like stuff or explicitly say that you're enjoying particular
0: things oh i just assumed it was the same as instagram i haven't downloaded i haven't downloaded it or really used it i've like just seen clips online on twitter or instagram or something but i thought it'd be like create an account you follow tiktokers and you like their posts and then
1: no it doesn't work like that at all you you don't even have to create an account you can click in it opens straight up into the video and then you're immediately giving data to their algorithm you're immediately like either watching the video or skipping to the next one and so on.
2: I recently, I did read up on it a few weeks back and I was like, obviously YouTube scoffed their algorithm. Before, I think there used to be a good point where they'll just recommend stuff that you have seen your subscriptions or that you'd want to watch. But then I think they messed up because I don't feel like my recommendation at the top of the page is what I want to see as much. But or right, I could I just diversify? But I, I've seen stuff about TikTok always knowing correctly what you'd want to see. Yeah. And it just keeps getting better and better. So they probably do have an edge in that field. though. I think Facebook also screwed up as well when they kept changing theirs and they gave the option to start favoriting pages so you only see their content, which is good in one aspect, but there's still occasionally I may want to see something from another page, you know. But yeah. I think based on what I've read and what I know, I don't actually have TikTok, but from what I know, TikTok may actually have the edge on every other video platform or recommendation platform right now.
1: it's one of the things that I find annoying about YouTube. I watch a lot of YouTube videos and it's hard to find new things to watch Mm -hmm. because you kind of have like the trending page, which is a whole lot of music videos and like popular news. Mm -hmm. And then you have your subscriptions, which you like have already chosen. And there's no middle ground. Whereas TikTok seems to just have everything is a blur. It's like it's got stuff that you kind of that it knows you like because you like the person and it's got stuff that you it thinks you might find interesting because You've watched similar videos and so on.
0: Yeah, the the YouTube trend and stuff is mostly like VIVO music videos are like Jimmy Fallon or James Corden and these big like TV shows. Not really any. Exactly. They recently added like a crate on the rise thing, but still, that's probably not a lot for the smaller smaller content creators out there. Yeah, TikTok. We had someone on the podcast a little while ago, Stephen, who he talked about like how TikTok has grown, and really, it's like, go here. It's one of the like it's. One of the fastest growing social media platforms like in the world, over two billion times it's been downloaded, and that's mad with the account thing, so you only need an account if you're uploading, I guess
1: yeah, I guess so, or maybe if you want to like save videos or something like that, yeah, and the other thing is, it makes it super easy to share, so they just completely allow you to share out to Instagram or share out to WhatsApp, or that's why it's
0: yeah, I feel like I don't need to download it because if I just see it on Instagram. The and they have the little
1: tiktok uh, symbol or whatever the watermark yeah yeah
0: but now instagram have introduced reels yeah which i guess is basically a direct competitor and all this with trump banning it supposedly that's
1: a, a weird situation i don't really know much about it but it's so it's it's one of these things where it's important to keep a control over what people are seeing like. You don't know, really, as a, as a single individual, you don't know a lot about the world outside of your like house and your local area, except for what comes at you through the Internet, through people telling you, through television. So you can imagine a situation where if there is a company, hypothetically, I don't think it is TikTok, but if you had a company that was perfectly controlled by one of these uh, governments that the U.S. doesn't like, like Russia or China, Then they could just block all content about, I don't know, global warming or block all content about, uh, I don't know, the homelessness crisis in San Francisco or whatever it is. Yeah. Like they could, they can choose what your public gets to know about and then what they become passionate about um, and so on.
2: There's a few countries that also have decided to go along the same route. I know, for example, India has also gone down the same route because of the amount of data that it's basically just China's apparently or allegedly getting. So, there are quite a few countries ready to basically just block off tiktok
1: but imagine if if instagram had taken down everything about black lives matter hmm. you you wouldn't have known it ever happened like you you would have seen some things on the news maybe but it wouldn't have blown up to the proportion that it did
0: that that's actually interesting cuz yeah i don't think yeah cuz do i really watch the news like tv news i don't really all my news is from like twitter or instagram or something
2: Do you read up like on articles once you once you see them or
0: if it's posted on Twitter or Instagram? But if it's it's been removed from there, I'm probably not probably don't know anything. To be honest,
1: that's exactly it. And then, like we get all our information the same way. Like even when someone says, "Oh, have you heard about the whatever it is? Some weird thing that you haven't actually gotten through any of these apps," you can go and Google it, and Google, if it's working properly, will give you that article. But if Google isn't working properly and is being evil, then uh, you might hear nothing about whatever this thing is, and then it doesn't—it doesn't ever get fixed because no one knows about it.
0: Do you think TikTok, from what you know, it stopped over in uh, the US? If it stopped in the US, it's basically stopped. That's probably where the majority, the user yeah, base is.
1: I don't know. I think the what the plan is is for microsoft and i think oracle is also looking. yeah yeah These kind of big old companies and they're they're just planning to buy i guess the english speaking parts of tiktok so like the us and maybe canada and europe as well so i don't think it'll die i think it'll keep going but it it may be under different ownership
0: yeah that'll be interesting it's definitely been the social media for the last year and a half i guess i don't i don't know when it started do you use tiktok no no our friend Aki does, though. Shout out to his uh, TikTok <laughs> official, King Simba, or whoever is The guest I mentioned that we had on, He is actually recommending us to get on TikTok because it's just so, like, as a podcast. Not, like, to release episodes on podcasts, but to promote the podcast on TikTok. Yeah. Because it's the amount of people using it daily now, and it's, like, the fastest growing social media. If they see you on TikTok, then they might go listen to, like, your podcast or whatever. But I don't know what yeah. what the hell we'd do on it.
1: The top of the funnel, but like this is shown, it's important once you like. There's, I think, during the rest of our lifetime, there are going to be lots of apps like this. Like we've already seen, yeah, uh, like Twitter and Instagram, Vine blew up. And the important things with a lot of these is to once you get big on one, diversify across a few. Like the the TikTokers that are going to survive TikTok being bought or changed or taken down or whatever are the ones that already have YouTube channels and already are starting their podcasts and are kind of collaborating with other uh, influencers. Yeah. So it's important, like once you kind of ride this wave of a new app, you need to move.
0: Yeah, like you'll see all, all of the, actually a lot of the TikTokers already, they're already all the big ones in a way are jumping on YouTube. I guess it's just a massive income for money, really. Like I think some of the top TikTokers must be earning bags. Like so much the girl who's top is like fifty nine million subscribers or something like that the last time i Bruh. I heard, yeah, Which is insane, and she's like sixteen or something
1: half a million for posts, like these kind of numbers, mm mm-hmm.
0: yeah, but they this, this I guess they're like so easy to make, like they can post so much content, it's not like a YouTube video, you're just doing like it's so easy and convenient to like on your phone, just record something, add some music in the background, and then people watch it. it.'s yeah, like incredibly easy compared to. I know a 10 minute YouTube video where you've got to like record it, edit it and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. And then it doesn't even get promoted because it either has to be on trending or someone has to subscribe to you.
0: No, it's interesting. Watch this space. By the time this episode comes out, it might be fully stopped. Who knows? (laughs) But uh, I doubt it. Cool. Awesome. Well, we round off each episode with some like final questions, a call out and a shout out. So I guess we're just getting to the final questions. The first one we have is so imagine you're on death row. What is your chosen meal? And I believe death row is like a you can have like a three course meal or something.
1: Yeah, they put a limit on it, right? Oh, is it? I think they were. Oh, I don't know if they're true stories or not, but I've definitely heard stories of someone ordering like a million steaks. Okay, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I imagine. Yeah, how are you, how are you gonna consume that a million steaks? It doesn't matter. It's, you're dying anyway. Maybe it was to like. Uh, yeah, eat so much you just die from food instead of dying the next day or something. I think that's much more
2: suffering than instant death. Yeah, yeah, fair enough.
1: Three courses. Okay, for starters it just has to be something simple like garlic bread, something like that. What? Like or, oh, <laughs> You know those like garlic pizzas? Yeah, yeah. And then for, for main course um, oh, I'd say a good Irish stew. Nice okay. potatoes, yeah. a bit of proper meat in there, and veg. And then for dessert, rhubarb tart.
0: I can't believe you said garlic bread for your starter on that
1: <laughs> Why? What else is there?
2: No, no. But he said the pizza kind, so yeah, that yeah, one yeah. I can at least justify. Yeah. I, I, as long as he didn't say the like the that slice of the from like the baguette, or so,
1: like I can
2: I can I can, I can understand that.
1: Yeah, like the pizza, yeah. or either, I'd be easy. I'm about to die. I don't really. mind. Yeah,
0: fair enough. <laughs> to be fair, I don't know what I'm talking. I'll I'd, I'd probably just have like burger and
2: chips or something. But yeah. The second question is. Who would your dream podcast guest be? Kind of like a
0: dinner, dream-like dinner guest, but we'd change it for a podcast guest. I
1: uh, would we'll say Joe Rogan. Flip the script. Ooh. Interview him.
0: Actually, I wonder if he's done many podcasts himself. Yeah, cool. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan experience. If you haven't listened, you probably have, but don't listen to him. Listen to us. Um <laughs> Third question. This is one we, we ask every guest and that is what is your most memorable third wheeling experience?
1: I don't know. None of them stand out.
0: That's good to be honest.
1: Yeah. There's never been a terrible one. It's always just been kind of boring. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that's Except awesome. for this one, of course. Yeah. Yeah. The, the amount of times we've said that question and people just think like, they're like, Oh yeah, I've listened to this episode and this episode. I was like, yeah, but we're not asking about the podcast, we're
2: only like, in real life. Yeah, and the next question is a call-out or a nomination for one or many people to come on as a guest, hopefully.
1: Okay, well, you've gone through, like we started off with, most of the SVIP people. So you've left Ellie and Abby from SVIP, who are both in San Francisco at the moment. So you're going to have to deal with the time difference on that one, sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. It's all right, because we're remote. They're doing remote stuff now, so show me too bad um yeah awesome elian abby watch this space and last bit's just a shout out so you can basically yeah shout out anything we want to jack anything
1: i'm going to shout out the there's a youtube channel called colin and samir and they talk a lot about like uh social media and podcasting and influencers and all of that kind of stuff very interesting videos
0: do they have a podcast themselves
1: they might be starting one i don't know yeah, potentially. Actually, they do. Yeah.
2: Hamish, anything? Um, yeah, I'm just going to shout out the new Heady 1 track at the time of release. So Ain't It Different featuring AJ Tracy and Stormzy. Go check out. It's an absolute banger.
0: And I'm going to shout out I feel like every every SVIP guest I've had on. I've just given a shout out to the SVIP. So I'll give another shout out to the SVIP. <laughs> uh, go check that on the program here Jack on. Also, all of our social media, if you haven't followed us, go follow us. We're at the Third Wheel FM basically on everywhere, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And if you can, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a rating. If it's five star, if it's not, then don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> also say something nice. We've only got, the only review we have on there is Yash, our first guest saying it's lit, fire emoji. So uh, we need we need some more backup. But yeah, thanks Jack for coming on.
1: Yeah, this has been awesome. I really enjoyed it. It's
2: been a nice catching up as well. It's been a while.
0: Yeah. Was it Hamish said beforehand the
2: first? Jack saw me. Um, I once I asked him for permission to order the stripper for your birthday. He just saw me um, going. He's like, "Oh my days! I don't want to be part of it When when I made the phone call, and <laughs> I just proceeded.
1: <laughs> I didn't give you. I made sure to give you the house phone and not my own <laughs> mobile. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: do you not, Do you not have the video, Hamish?
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. I do. I do. Oh, you
0: do. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. Thanks again, Jack, for coming on. Hope everyone enjoyed the episode. And I guess we'll just speak to you next week. All right, see ya.
1: Hold me closer. I'll take you for a
0: ride. Go, we can drive all night.
1: Hold me closer. I can't get you out of my sight. Go, you're my ride or die.